Good morning. I don't know why I'm fidgeting with this. I'm the one that knows that this needs to stay there, so I know where the camera is going, and then I start moving it around. So, um, I've got my sermon notes here. Here's my sermon title. There's always a bigger house. Where is my sermon? That's right, it's here. brought it. It came in its own little box. That's my sermon. It's all right there. Take it in. I don't even have to say anything. There it is. It's a three and three-eighths inch jawbreaker. It's all right there. Now, this is actually how I wish that I could deliver sermons, is just craft it, cook it up, put it all together, and just hand it off and walk away. But that's not how I get to do it. But what would happen if I did? If this was, if this was a perfect concoction of what God wanted me to say this morning, if it was a, a perfect revelation and it was all right there for you to take home. Realistically, we know that some of you would would work over it, you know, all week long. You'd 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 work this down to the very center. Some of you wouldn't. Some of you would just throw it in the trash. I say some of you, meaning also me. But that's not really fair to judge you on that, because at the same time, this is a jawbreaker. This is an analogy, but right now I'm talking about the actual jawbreaker. I know that some of you see this big ball of sugar and go, ooh. And some of you see this and go, uh, no. And some of you, like me, with my dental history, I go, ooh, but uh, no, I really shouldn't. So we can't always judge everybody on how they take the sermon, on how much they're ready for it. If someone was an accident, they just had their jaw shut, and I gave this whole revelation to them, and they'd be like, what am I supposed to do with that? You know, I'm not handing it to them in a way that they're going to receive it. So I'm going to set this down for a minute. Hope it doesn't roll away. But we're not done with the jawbreaker talk. Um, yeah, oh, so we got some pictures. There we go. So this is what it would look like if if you guys took it home. Some people would would just slowly work on it, like the top pictures, and what it would look like when the layers slowly seep away. Uh, some would just bust right into it and, and see what's on the inside. And the cross section's there at the bottom. We've got all these different layers going towards the middle. And that's a lot, a lot of times how revelation hits us, is, is there is a revelation and, and no secret. The revelation that we're always really talking about is, is Jesus, is God. And... And the, the full revelation, you know, imagining it, it's at the center of this whole thing. But we go through layers. We, we learn things. We, we, we learn how to learn. We learn how to look at things. Um, so we go through these different layers until we finally get there. And finally being not really a final thing, is it? Because God is eternal. Um, he's seeking to make us eternal um, or to spend eternity with us. So the ending is never really the ending. There's, there's always more. Um, just fun little thing. I don't think this particular branding is this way, 
But some brands of these giant jawbreakers, they, you know, they, they make the layers for a purpose, so there's different flavors. Um, and again, Revelation hits us kind of that same way. Like we, we might look at just God's love. You know, that might be the center of our jawbreaker that we have on this particular day or whatever. And, but it, it hits us in different ways. It, it meets us in different situations in our lives. Um, in Proverbs 25, 2, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. I'm not going to make any big theology statements based on this, but just, just looking at, at what it's saying, that, that God, there's more to God. There's more to everything that we have around us. And, and it's, it's the glory of kings. It's the glory of, of, of us in this instance to, to search it out. And, and that's where we're going. And just a fun little thing that I, I find on the internet. There's a, 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 I think it's a single man studio called Burl's Art, and he makes all these weird guitars. And so he made a guitar made out of these giant jawbreakers. So that's, that's one thing you can do with, with Revelation, I guess, is make something new. Um, but in case jawbreakers is, uh, is too juvenile of a, of a subject for you, too juvenile of an analogy. We can also look at some math stuff. Um, we all know infinity, you know, you can, you can say one million, and someone can say one million and one, and someone can say one billion, and someone can say one billion and one. It just keeps on going. It's forever. But also there's, there's infinity in the small things. You know, just between the point zero and one, you can go half. You can go quarter. You can go eighth, a sixteenth, a thirty-second. You can, you know, if you get into the decimal, you can always add a zero and make it, you know, more incremental. And so there's, you know, if you go the the depth between zero and one, it would just keep going down. It keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller, but it keeps going. You never get to the end of it. And that's how it is with. Well, revelation sometimes. There's a whole revelation of God. But then there's a revelation of God's love, his mercy, his righteousness, his His justness. There's all these little things that we can get into. Um, and how he reveals those things in us. So we can't always just look at something and like, oh yeah, I heard that before. Yep, I, I already know. It's it's good. There might be something more for us to learn. Um, but of course... With numbers and math, you know, it's not perfect. You know, there's all these debates of uh, between zero and one. Like, that's it's a, a version of infinity, but it's, you know, so there's bigger infinity. There's infinity plus one. There's countable numbers and uncountable numbers of infinity. And, uh, you know, and at that point, who wants to go back to the jawbreaker analogy? I, so, so that's where we're going to stay for a little bit. Well, let's talk about Saul. There's a couple different Sauls in the Bible. I'm talking about the one in the New Testament, the one that we later know as Paul. And I say later, meaning that we, we get the, the blessing of hindsight on a lot of this. And uh, it's going to take a breath. My heart's beating fast. Okay. Maybe too many licks of the jawbreaker this morning or something. I don't know. Uh, so we're talking about Saul before he was Paul. Saul was, and I'm sure we'll, we'll have some sermon on this at some point that's more detailed, but in general, Saul was like the guy 
you know, he w- he had all the Hebrew studies, like the history, the liturgical. He was the guy. He was he was the man. He had it all, religious wise. He knew every reason why you know, why the Messiah was going to come and who it was going to be and everything. The only thing he didn't have was the revelation of Jesus, the, everything that he knew all wrapped into a person, and he missed it. And so he was actively missing it, actively persecuting Christians. And on one point, he was on his way to Damascus to get more Christians to persecute them, and Jesus shows up. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Jonathan, you only picked this version of the picture because it looks like Jesus is floating in his own little jawbreaker ball cloud up in the sky. And I'd say, oh, I just noticed that. Like, I'm glad you guys are so into this that you you saw that. And uh, But uh, Jesus shows up, and Jesus is like, why? And Saul's like, who? And Jesus is like, me. And Saul's like, Where? Because now he's blind. And, and so he's blinded. And his trip gets stopped. He stays for a few days. And God sends Ananias to go pray for him and to cure his blindness. And Ananias is scared because Saul's been persecuting the Christians. And it just turns out that, that everything's good. That Saul got the revelation of Jesus finally. And it was pretty dramatic. Um, one question I always had out of this as a kid, and even older than that, was, you know, like, we're trying to make sense of these stories, trying to make sense of, of what God's doing versus what man is doing, and how it's all working out. And, and sometimes we ask the wrong questions, but it's okay, because sometimes asking the wrong questions still gets us closer to, to where we're going. Um, and one of the, the question I think I think is a wrong question is why did Jesus blind Saul, and and I don't think that's really what happened, um, because in the story when his blindness is cured, it has this phrase where it says like something like scales fell off his eyes, and when you do like a word study, um, you know you you study the Bible and and there's all these commentaries and. Certain sections are like poetic language. Some certain are historical language. Um, this one, and and I'm not like a huge study guy, um, but this is like the first time I've really noticed that like it, like every commentary that I saw said that that phrasing is is a medical language. Um, you know, so it's not like poetic. It's not just saying like, oh, you know, he couldn't see so good, and 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 now he can. But we're talking about his heart. It's like no, like it's it's saying that something was there and something fell off of his eye, and and so what I think, and again I haven't completely studied this out to see what other people think, but I think that, that that's just showing that that Saul already had a layer, he already had a blindness, and that when Jesus comes in and the Bible describes it as a, a brilliant encounter, that. The revelation of Jesus at that moment, like, like brought forth the blindness that he had. That it, it, uh, you know, it just like flashed in. So if you don't know what you're looking at here, that's a jawbreaker with a blowtorch on it. So that's what I imagine. Like the encounter with Jesus was like, it was so brilliant that it like it burned that 
that layer. It burned that, that blindness and caused it to become obvious, and he couldn't see through it anymore. So he couldn't see. Um, so again, I know what you're thinking. Now that you've seen this picture, now that you've heard what I said, you're saying like, oh, so the layers of the jawbreaker are like a spiritual cataract. And I would say, that's really gross. I don't want to think of it that way. But maybe, maybe sometimes the layers separating us from the full revelation is some kind of spiritual blindness that we have that we, we don't even know yet until we see the revelation. I don't know why that, that phrase, something like scales, has always stuck with me. But sometimes that's how the word works. Something that sticks with you just kind of eats away at you. and it's like You don't quite understand this. You don't quite understand this. And so it just drives us to, it drives us to understand. It drives us to find an answer to seek God for, for the clues to what's actually going on. I also know what you're thinking. We've talked a lot about jawbreakers. And the title for this was, There's Always a Bigger House. And like, well, we haven't heard anything about houses yet. And, and so you're probably thinking, like, probably a better name for this would be Saul Breaker. And I'd say, that's pretty good. I like that. Um, but the whole point is, is we're going to talk about some, some other things other than the jawbreaker. I think we're done with the jawbreaker now. Revelation 4, 8. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night they never cease to say. So, just taking it out of, not out of context, but like, okay, the four living creatures are in heaven. They're with God all the time. But the important part, and day and night they never cease to say, the important part for this morning anyway, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Now again, when I was younger, I would look at something like this, and there's other instances in the Bible of something like this happening and saying this, but this one says, in day and night they never cease to say it. And when I think of heaven, or when I thought of heaven when I was younger, and you know, and trying to get over that, is my, my limitations, my jawbreaker layers of what heaven might be like and what God really is like. Um, so when I, I think about heaven, I think about me being there. I think about God being there. I think, like, what are we going to do, like, forever? Like, I can think of a lot of things we could do, but what happens when we get to the end of that? Um, then what? And I see this, and I see that these creatures that have been with God forever are there and they're still saying, they're still ceasing to say, holy, 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 or never ceasing to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And, you know, I have heard some different people talk about their revelations of heaven and stuff. And, and one thing that always stuck with me with this is like, I mean, God is just so big that he is a living God. And being in his full presence, his full unadulterated presence is compelling them to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, Lord God Almighty. And it's true when they say it. And then they say it again, because it's true again. It's even more true. And then they say it again, because it's even more true. I don't have that revelation of God. I'd like to have that. Maybe we won't really completely get that until we are in heaven, but maybe there's some of that we can have here. 
or something that compels us to, to say it when we do worship on Sunday morning. I know one of the goals of the worship team as a function in our, our weekly routine is to create and facilitate an environment where we can all come together in unity and, and worship God. And some of that is, like, like I said, create an environment. That's not really the goal either. The goal is that we would all be, you know, bursting, compelled, and we're just kind of like funneling it into a, a unified uh, bursting. But we're not all like that, are we? I'm not always like that on a Sunday morning. Like, I'm coming here, and I, I, like, I, I just got to sing it. Where do I sing it? How do I sing it? You know, and then we just put a song together so that we can all sing the same thing. Um, you know, sometimes it's the song that kind of compels us to, to get into the mode, to get into the mood. Um, but that's not the case with these guys. And that's what I'd like to have, is a revelation of God that compels me to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty who was and is and is to come, and then say it again, and it's not old, and then say it again, and it's still not old, and say it again, and it's still not old. It's still new. It's still fresh. It's still more. Ephesians one seventeen. I keep asking that the God of our Lord and Jesus, God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. That's exactly what we're talking about this morning. If you do some different word studies, and I kind of came across that for this week, that there's a lot of talk in the Bible about Jesus Christ being the revelation. Like you know, we, we, In hindsight, we, we see the story. We see the story of the Bible from beginning to end. And Jesus is part of that. And obviously Jesus is very important. Um, you know, but we might be seeking our own revelation for ourselves of who God is. And one thing that kind of gets turned around a little bit is just realizing, like, well, Jesus was and is the revelation of the Father. You know, he, he became a human and lived among us so that we could see what God would look like if he lived with us as a human in our own little world. And, and it all comes back to that. So we need more revelation of Jesus, and Jesus is a revelation of the Father. You know, so in some ways we're searching other places for revelation, and that's really all it is. And sometimes that can be almost discouraging. It's like, well, I already, I already know that, and, but there's just, there's just more to know. How do we get there? I don't really know. That's kind of a different journey for everybody. There's certain things we can do, um, staying, reading our Bible. You know, all the, when I when I was growing up, like just the things that you do as a Christian were pretty regimented. Not like that they kept track, but I mean, it was just like, well, you know, ten to fifteen minutes of Bible study and pray and and just do that every day, and and that's going to look different for different people too. You know, some people are going to read a whole chapter every day and just keep going through. And that feeds them. And some people are like, oh, I just got caught on this word. I got caught on this phrase of something like scales. Like, ooh, what a, you know, just ruminating on that. And it's going to look different for everybody. But we got to do, got to do something, because there is more. And Lord, we just pray that you just, just provide that. Just show us where we are blind. 
hopefully it's not maybe as dramatic as Saul's blindness, but we've got to do what we've got to do. The real reason for the title of this morning was because I, in, with the, these, this subject, I had a dream one time years ago. Um, I have some dream journals, and I couldn't find it in there. Um, so I guess I didn't write down every dream. Um, but this dream, I remember it was like I was walking in a, a neighborhood, and I really don't remember anything about the rest of the neighborhood. I just remember walking up to this this little tiny shack house and didn't maybe quite look as run down as, as this one here in the picture, but um, it was just like a, a this tiny little door, and that's all it was. And But we were invited in, and... Yeah, it's a dream, so I was by myself, but with other people and, you know, weird, weird aspects. But we were invited in, and when we walked in, the entryway was, was bigger than what it looked like from the outside. Um, and then when we, we looked around, we could see rooms in there. They're like, well, that, that doesn't fit at all what the house looked like on the outside. There, there's no way. But, okay, now, now I get the lay of the land. Now I see, okay, this is actually how big the house is. I got it. But then if you go in further and turn a corner, like, oh, there's a, there's a hallway now with doors coming off of it. And there's even more rooms at the end of the hallway that I can see. Okay, I know how big the house is now. I get it. But if you keep going down that hallway, then there's even more rooms. And, and it just keeps happening. At the end of the dream, we left the house. And then turning around and looking at it again, I don't have a picture for this, but... Then it was, you know, everything that I saw inside was then represented on the outside. And then someone else came for their first time visit to the house. And they, you know, as I was passing them on the road, they made some comment about going in that tiny house. And, you know, I I think that's definitely a revelation of of who God is. Not talking about God's house in, in heaven, but just who God is. That, you know, when we first see him, we might see this, and and that's all it is, and that's fine. It's perfectly fine, because that's, that's what you see. But if you go in, you might see some more, and that's good, and that's what it is. There's no lie to it. That's what it is. And if, the, if you leave, and that's all you see, then that's all you see. But if you go further, you turn the corner, take the hallway, just keep going. Like, there's just more. There's more rooms. Every time you go in a room, there's just, every time you look around inside the room, there's just more stuff to see. That's, that's just who God is. That, you know, going back to the math, just for a little bit. I'm not going to make you nervous here. But going back to the math, like in the little things, like if you imagine each room of that house being between zero and one, you know, there's, there's more and more things to find in that room. Um, but God is big. And what is, this is nice, this is nice theoretical stuff to think about. But how does this apply to us on a, uh, every day? You know, how do we, how do we leave here today and make any sense of, of this at all? Um, I don't have a jawbreaker for every one of you. Um, I only have one. And I actually have no plan for it after this. So I don't know. Like I said, I'm not going to eat it. Um, but I knew there'd be, There'll be some young people in here. Talk to your dentist about that. 
but uh, but yeah, but all of this stuff, whether we're thinking about it or not, all of this stuff affects our everyday anyway. It affects how how we live, how we see God. It affects how we interact with other people, because everybody has a different revelation of God. Everybody has a different revelation of just the world around them, whether they have a revelation of God or not. Some people are are seeing God in a light, you know, a negative light because they have some kind of blinder on them. Um, they've got some kind of filter. Something happened to them, or 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 some kind of trauma, or something, something that led them into a a, a wrong view of who God is, and they can see Him, but they're looking through a wrong lens. So, again, I'm not the steps kind of guy. I don't have steps for you how to fix this or how to move forward in this. Um, but yeah, it is important to stay in the Word, reading in the Bible, not just glossing over things. If something is a question, it's fine. It can be a question. It can be a question for 40 years in your life, and then maybe you'll find again an answer. Maybe you won't while you're here. I don't know. The questions are fine. Having wrong thoughts are fine. Not that the wrong thoughts are fine, but we can admit when we have the wrong thoughts, and God makes a correction. We're like, okay, now I know. Now I know the real thing, and that's good. We always want to move into the better thing. That's why, that's one reason it's hard for me to even make a sermon, because I know, like, once I put the words out of my mouth, and it's here, and it's recorded, people are watching online, it's public, there might be something I say that's wrong. I don't know how much of it, I don't have a percentage, but that's okay. That's today. This is what I think for today. Hopefully I'm not so off base that immediately tomorrow I'm like, oh, that was all wrong. But maybe years down the road I'm like, yeah, there was something, you know, there was, I think there's something different, something, uh, we have a better revelation, and that's okay. Um, the leadership of this church is not looking to make every day perfect, but that we are all just going the right direction. And um, so I have no idea where my time is at, but hopefully that's all the time we needed. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. I pray that the people watching the kids today have had time to do what they had to do. And I pray that everyone here, that Lord, you've got jawbreakers for everybody. Jesus, we thank you for for what you did. We thank you that you were the revelation of the Father. Father, we thank you for the revelation of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I just pray... We just pray that you'd be removing filters, bad filters that we have. And just tying us to that everlasting life. The eternal substance that is God. It's life-giving. Let's pray that we don't just find out who God is and then that's just how we live it the rest of our life just on this one thought that we had. We just pray that it's every day. We pray that salvation is just the start. 
We just pray for a revelation of you, God, that keeps us from catching up to the world to try to explain everything and has the world trying to catch up to us to find out what's going on. And we've got some part of that. We've got some work to do with that. But we just don't want to stop that revelation. We just want to keep pushing forward. We just want to make those, make those corners, go down those hallways, check out those rooms, go back and check out the rooms that we were in before. See what else is there. Father, we pray that you'd just take our hands, just guide us through, make sense of all of this, make sense of today, make sense of our lives, just open our eyes. In Jesus' name, amen.